0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is Monday morning. The... Second to last Monday before the NFL Draft, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, you made us late. No, that was me. I pushed us for the mock draft there. So uh, sorry, folks, we're a little bit late. We were doing Falcons coverage. Now we're over here to hang out and talk a little bit of Broncos. Uh, But how are you? You said you did 600 miles of driving this weekend. Did I hear you right? Was that (laughs) hyperbole?
2: Yeah, and I actually missed some stuff. So we did, uh, did soccer. We're in a league. We're in a Southeast League. So we had league games in Columbia on Saturday morning, and in Greenville in on Sunday morning, and then came back. And then my daughter had a couple of softball games. So it was about 600 miles and and four games, and shit, we missed baseball. So Jesus. it was uh, it was it was a busy weekend, but a, a good weekend.
1: That's a uh, that's a lot. I did not do too much. Hung out with some friends Saturday, and went to work about 10 hours yesterday. So uh, it's, it'll be nice at some point out here in Seattle. But looks like we are. Entering another year where it's going to go straight from winter to summer. Dominique Martin, morning Broncos family. I'm at work, but still wanted to check in. Well, thanks for that. Jesse Hilborn, good morning, everyone. Hope it's a great day for everyone in Broncos country. It's a Monday, uh, but we're going to make it great. Kevin Gray, morning Broncos country. Nick and Scott, how is everybody's weekend? Mine was good. Good to hear that Donald Williamson or Willison Jr. saying good morning. You're by far my favorite podcast. I'm Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag Craig Morton. Hashtag MHH for life. Well, thank you, Donald. Um, I don't know how many other podcasts you listen to. Maybe we're uh, the only one you listen to, but uh, that was, that's a uh, very kind of you. We always have to, I'm very uncomfortable with compliments, but I need them to survive. So, um, you know, keep them coming, but uh, don't make me blush. And I get blushed really easily. David, you can come in saying, say morning, Everyone. Uh, And he also says, uh, I got to the point where I don't care anymore about what people think or say about my beloved Broncos. Well, hopefully you care what we think or say. Uh, But other than that, general media, I feel you there. Uh, Jetty Splash says, good morning. I once heard if you pay attention to the people in the bleachers, you'll soon be joining them. A friend of mine uh, talk very regularly uh, covering the Broncos. Andrew Mason likes to say that one. So uh, shout out to Andrew Mason. Good guy covering the Broncos for a number of years. Uh, He also says, so I don't. I imagine he doesn't give a buck what this guy thinks. So talking about the uh, the topic today, talking about uh, the NFL general manager rankings, we'll get to that after we say hello to everybody. Fallen sloth, good morning, Broncos country. I don't blame the league for ranking Peyton low. I think you'll end up better than the ranking, but the biggest moves are yet to work. So I understand this, the outside skepticism. Yeah, we'll definitely get into it. And it's, uh, it's lower than even it looks like on the surface. We'll get into that. Jeremy Sean, morning, boys. The national media sure does like the Broncos. They're going to continue to doubt until the Broncos prove them wrong. And I don't blame them one bit. I think we should all be skeptical and doubt. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to fan or how to uh, change how you're hardwired. But for me, after last season, believing this team, I mean, Scott and I even say, you know, there's no way they're going to be worse than the year before. And then to see it fall, uh, fall apart like it did. Skepticism is earned uh, in this regard. Michael Rancilio came in big over on the other show. Uh, big star giver uh, says, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and buck em. Michael, always the biggest buck you right back at you. Uh, we appreciate you.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: Absolutely, Clayton. Sorry to hear about your loss. Um, I know you, you said saw it last night. Talking again today it was kind of a rough weekend for you. So yeah. hope you're hope you're doing okay. And maybe we can provide a respite for just a just about
1: an hour or so. Yeah, we. Sorry to hear that. It's not fun at all. Um, with nothing to say other than that. But apolog, uh, sorry that that's going on in your life. Austin H. Uh, who cares about the rankings? All that matters is Ws and lo- uh, wins and losses. Yeah, that's all that matters, but uh, what are we going to talk about before the wins and losses come, right? Uh, we have to be able to fill the time a little bit with these uh, philosophical ponderings. Mark Rich coming in saying, morning, Nick Scott and Broncos country. Good to see you. I got our guy, Mark Schrader, also one of the superstars of the show. I always appreciate Mark. Uh, very generous and just nice guy. We love Mark coming in. Hope you had a good weekend, Mark. The guy Swink McCloud. morning, all good to see you. Dave Glassman also likes to come in and drop a few stars now and then, uh, says with, with the hearts there. Good to see you. Jeremy already threatening me saying you better give us a mock. It's mock draft Monday. We'll get into one. Michaela Israel. Good morning. Good morning to you, Michaela. Always good to see Michaela. Brad D in the house. Great to see you. Robbie Red. saying pouring rain out here in Fort Myers, Florida. Did you see the rain that they had in Fort Lauderdale? I mean, you're down there, but that was I like, did. they said a thousand year rain event or something.
2: I, uh, I've i been in rain that was almost like that
1: where, you know, it just starts,
2: the the road will turn into a river and it'll I just know. start washing straight down. And you're just like, well, huh. Here it comes. I've I've been in stuff, and I was I was uh, I took a crew down. There were like four of us. And we went to four different football games on Thursday night and Friday night. So we got a lot of the Dade Broward area between between us because you could each get three games, three four games four people. We'd come back with sixteen games on tape. This was days before like digital video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to go get your own and I'm trying to pick guys up from these different, this is before GPS and everything. You're trying to pick guys up and it's pouring down rain like this. It was absolutely unbelievable. So yes, I'm familiar. Um, Maybe not quite to that extent, but I've been out in that stuff and it's, it's tough.
1: Gators yeah. come flying by. Oh, I'm just kidding. But you know, it's, I have, it's crazy. It is crazy. I worked at a boathouse uh, the summer after college, just the. A- Needed a job between grad school and whatnot. And I got stuck in a flash flood uh, near the Mississippi river and the water rose about three feet in 30 seconds. Um, I thought, I thought I was going to meet my maker on that one. Honest to God, it was unbelievable. Um, But Yeah. Very scary, especially next to the Mississippi. I'm like, Oh my God, if this goes anymore, I'm going to get washed away. Uh, But uh, I'm still here. I think at least this, unless this is heaven. And uh, in which case, God is cruel because the Broncos have not been very good for this to be heaven. <laughs> Michael Ronquillo, well, good morning. Not to be sacrilegious. Just making a joke. I apologize. Uh, Michael Ronquillo, Oh, you already got it, Michael. Good to see you. Michael DJ capo says, good morning. Uh, Greg Smith in the house. Good to see you. Good morning. Broncos for breakfast. Always appreciate you. Uh, Greg coming in Rob bucks bombs and good morning. Nick and Scott mock draft today. 100% without a doubt. Clayton Huron said snowing in Wisconsin and a few places got 15 inches. God, Mother Nature has been, she must be in menopause or something. She's been so moody this year. It's been unbelievable. (laughs) Craig Smith uh, says, already said aloha. Good to see you. And uh, Chase also says, never been a morning person, but I look forward to you guys every time. Well, Chase, I am a morning person, but I got to say some days, especially, you know, 6 a.m., having to make the stream before the shows as well. So I got to be up decently early. Some days I'm a little bit uh, groggy at first, but this is where we can give a little shout out to uh, Patrick out there, Lion Coffee Company. I'm already about 40 ounces in today, so you can probably tell my the speed of my uh, speed of dialogue is uh, pretty high. So, uh, good morning to everybody, and uh, Scott, let's get into it a little bit here. Um, we have this article from NFL.com, uh, Greg Rosenthal, who has done really good work for NFL.com for a number of years. Um, around the NFL podcast co-hosts. Uh, He always does really good work uh, over there. So not to disparage Greg completely before we get into this, because I know there's going to be some vitriol from the comment section and us questioning some of the moves as well. But uh, he recently, um, just a few days ago, ranked the NFL's general managers. And according to the general managers who qualified for the ranking, George Payton came in 25th overall. Scott, 25th overall is dead last in this article. That is the worst ranked general manager in the entire NFL. Uh, There are seven general managers who did not qualify because they are considered too new. Um, They wanted to have two complete draft classes in order to rank them. So George, George Payton, the worst general manager in the NFL, according to Greg Rosenthal in this article.
2: I, um, I I might be able to at least steel man that a little bit, you know, when we're talking about uh, that, I think he had three moves that were basically fireable offenses last year three of them. Mm. Um, if I'm stacking, if everybody gets a point, I've seen George Payton do more, more good than bad. You know, as far as the trades the for the free agency signings, the draft, the contract restructures, all of that stuff I think is added up where there's been more good than bad. But I also saw three moves that were team killers that were mm-hmm. fireable offenses. One, the trade for Russell Wilson hindsight rules all when it comes to this. Now we're trying to be objective and I don't, I don't grade by hindsight. I try not to grade by hindsight and say, listen, that was a deal that I think was the right move at the time. You gave up a lot for it, but at the time it was considered, hey, this is a pretty good deal for a franchise quarterback. It went bad. People don't care about intentions unless you're in politics that's about results. So that's one. Number two, the contract. The contract signing, Russell Wilson actually got shtick for being a a product of the man for that contract. Didn't think he had gotten enough. He was one being criticized, not the Denver Broncos at the time. Uh, Number three was the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett, which at the time was also seen to be an okay move, a good move. Uh, Young, up-and-coming offensive mind that went bust big time. Any one of those three are fireable offenses. And if I've got three of those and I'm ranking guys and he's got three of these moves in the last 12 months, I can see it. I don't necessarily agree with it because, but you know, I I can
1: see it. I can understand it. Yeah. It's, I mean, to see he's ranked dead last is kind of shocking on the surface considering, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's one year removed from winning the award of the best draft class in the entire NFL in uh, the 2022 or excuse me, 2021 NFL draft, but, uh, the 2022 draft granted, you know, not picking with elite picks, but I mean, right now, can you say that you only got one serviceable player out of that the first year through, um, in Damari Mathis? Uh, so it's going to be interesting to follow going forward. And this is a big year for George Payton, big draft, but maybe it's not also we'll, uh, we'll get into that. Lance Johnson coming in. Oh, Trying to click here. Lance saying good morning from Prosper, Texas. Nick and Scott, glad to catch another show live. We always appreciate it when you do catch us live, Lance. Uh, appreciate you guys. Well, hope you're having a good one. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you have a good Monday. RJ coming in saying good morning from the Blue Ridge Mountains, y'all. Is that out there in uh, Kentucky? Is that the, the Blue Mountains or is that uh, Tennessee? Where's that located, Scott? You're Blue, Ridge, um, Blue Ridge, is it
2: spans across multiple states. Um, the southern end of the Blue Ridge is actually North Georgia.
1: Okay, so Appalachian Trail kind of area there. But, uh, well, pretty. have not been out there yet. I'm dying to get out to, like, Gatlinburg and some of the Tennessee spots at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, good morning to you out there on the Blue Ridge. Uh, DJ Capo coming in saying, do you think the Broncos would trade Sutton just for a higher pick after Sean Payton said no? Scott, I'm sure you saw the news that came out recently where the Broncos had a somewhat of a deal in place. There was some talk of that uh, Sutton might be traded to the Baltimore Ravens before this whole Odell Beckham Jr. thing came out. Ah, uh, the deal did not fully materialize, so Sutton is still with the Broncos. But I would say until we are th- through two weeks of the draft, two weeks after the draft, I wouldn't say that any of the guys are safe uh, at the wide receiver position because their names just keep getting tossed out. Like it's it, obviously the big one will be the draft. If we get through the draft and there's no trades, then we'll have that. Uh, you can I think the chances of it will drop down significantly, but th- there's just too much smoke continuously for these wide receivers uh, being traded.
2: Well, and maybe they just got out there, you know, in in baseball, once a guy gets traded, he always becomes the guy that's included in every other trade. Mm -hmm. Once the news got out there that this was happening, it's just, we're starting to generate newsmakers. (laughs) The media is becoming the newsmakers instead of the news reporters. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to generate interest in what's going on. So they're trying to put two and two together. What could happen? These are possibilities. That's part of it. Um, I've said from the very get go that the compensation being bantered around just doesn't make sense from a football perspective. It's gotta be a culture perspective. It just Cortland Sutton for a third round pick while you're eating a huge dead cap hit this year makes zero football sense. Zero. So there's more to it than that, Nick, you know, and and there was a question yesterday, you know, why would you trade a proven player like Sutton? to get an unproven draft pick, especially a mid-round pick, third or later. And I'll I'll add on to that, you know, normally you would try and do that because it wouldn't just be a third-round pick, it would also be x amount of dollars in salary cap savings. I could get three good players back for that. But not in this case. You know, I could get maybe some relief next year, but if you're moving Sutton, it's almost like you've already planned the reset For next year, you're tipping your hand on what you're doing for 2024, which is hitting the nuke button and starting all over. I do think
1: it has also as much to do with trying to build this team a certain way and trying to get us pick in a certain range to get a specific type of player or a specific player. We've talked about it a few times on here the running back position on this team is a big question mark going forward. If you are able to get, you know, a mid second round pick, are you in the Jameer Gibbs conversation? Mm-hmm. How would that change the complete dynamic of your offense center? Also, it seems like the top two, top three, you're going to go in the top 60 picks and you're sitting there at 67, 68. Maybe if you are able to trade some of that perceived surplus at wide receiver, it's not that you don't value Sutton, but you're looking to build the team in a different sort of structure um, up top there. So I don't think it's totally about getting. I mean, Sutton, also by all accounts, great dude, hardworking, extremely well spoken, intelligent, somebody that you'd love to have. Granted, he's been in a losing culture now for what, five, six years. Uh, but I don't think it's as much, you know, trying to just get rid of Sutton, get rid of Sutton to get rid of him. I think it's what pieces do we have where we can survive without them while still getting the assets that can help us build the team the way we want to. And I think. Wide yeah, receivers, Yeah, you still
2: need to be able to move the ball downfield, though. You know, yeah. and, and, and getting rid of Sutton or Judy, and especially, like I said, for a third-round pick, this year, next year I'm okay. I mean, it makes more sense for me next year because of the salary cap savings. But from a football point of view, again, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. From just what the player's capable of on the field, what the compensation is, and what you would get in return does not seem equitable. So I'm just I'm convinced there's more going on there. Than just hey, we'd like to get a third round pick, and no money back from Sutton. No, no I, I I
1: don't get it. That that doesn't that does not compute for me. Yeah, I I don't disagree, but there's just there's so much about it that I'm trying to like context contextualize mm-hmm. it. Like why? How would this make sense? Why does this keep happening? Because obviously, even though George Payton's ranked the worst general manager in the NFL, um, smart guy as well as Sean uh, Sean Payton. So just curious. Uh, Zach Powers, morning, morning. Good morning to you. Peter Middleton's back in Cambodia after a great holiday. Well, glad you had a good holiday. A uh, holiday in Cambodia is—I uh, thought you were supposed to go to Cambodia for a holiday, right? Isn't that the? Isn't that the song? <laughs> he was um, over uh, East Hong Kong. In the
2: Far East, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yep, out there in Hong Kong. Donald brings up a good point too, talking about grading uh, George Payton as the worst general manager in the NFL out of the qualified general managers. Saying, uh, "What about the Gregory move? Year one, Randy Gregory contract, not great, and it's not only the injury concerns there, but it's also the Fighting on the sideline. I mean, he's always kind of been a little bit of a head case uh, out there. It's one of the reasons he fell from Nebraska. Um, Some, we'll call it maturity issues. Uh, And the fight on the sideline or on the field, actually, after the Rams game last season. I get it's a passionate game, but not a good look. So the Gregory move, I think, is another one. It's just so much further down the line from the clown show that was Nathaniel Hackett and everything surrounding Russell Wilson that it almost gets pushed aside, (laughs) which is not good uh, for uh, George Payton when talking about him.
2: Yeah, and and for that one, it was basically a two-year deal. You know, forget the sixty-five million dollars or whatever you that mm-hmm. people are saying. It was basically a two-year thirty, which was fairly low-risk, high reward. Yeah. Um, if you get if you get the best out of even if you get half of the best of Randy Gregory, and last year you only got a quarter of it, he's probably worth ten million dollars. Yeah. So it was a two-year deal. It was fairly low risk. That one doesn't bother me as much, Donald. Um, you know, I always ask the question when you talk about contracts, who weren't you able to get because of this contract? Well, that's not the one that's holding you back. That, that, that wasn't the one that was holding you back. It, it's it's It will be the Russell Wilson one. And not and necessarily hasn't been yet because Russell Wilson's big cap hit hasn't even kicked in yet. You know, when we start talking about restructures, everybody talks about restructures It's just a fact of life. Well, we'll just restructure it. Well, one, the other player has to agree. The player has to agree with it and two you have to get something back. He's only got a 22 million dollar cap hit this year. So Russell Wilson's contract is crippling moving forward. But you can you can take the hit in 2024 and then start fresh, start rebuilding in 2024 2025. But again, if you're if you're moving Sutton this year for a third rounder, it doesn't tell me
3: for a limited time get up to 50% off by going to bluenile.com that's bluenile.com
1: I don't I I typically agree with you on a lot of takes Scott I do think though that the the way they structure the team um and where the target distribution is and just where the contracts are set up right now now are you getting great value for that considering the dead cap hit and everything no absolutely not would you be better if you want to move on from Sutton to have him play a good year in Denver and then ship him off potentially next year where his value might be higher and the contract is much more movable. Yes. Uh, But I do think there is something to how, where they're leaning into the offense this season and the number of wide receivers you have, maybe resetting the contract, bringing in a third or fifth rounder there, and then leaning more into the tight ends and running backs in terms of the distribution of the targets and the personnel on the field. I agree with all your points, but I don't think it is necessarily we're punting on the offense this season. No, I just that's think just it's
2: a, how I'm leaning.
1: Yeah, like I'm, I, I'm
2: willing to I'm willing to talk about again. There's a there's culture fits in there. It, it, it to me it, it again it becomes more about Corlin Sutton, the person than the value as the player. The value of the player again, just pure fantasy football general manager game manager taking the human aspect out of it does not make sense to me. Yeah. So there's more, and obviously there's more to it than that. There is, yeah. there's more to it than that. We're not, we're playing mad and we're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm firmly believe there's more to it than just, we think we're better off with a third round pick. Yeah. You know, and, and again, you're getting, you're getting out from under the contract for 2024, not for 2020. It, it helps it make it easier to move on from Russell Wilson because we just cleared $15 million of Cortland Sutton's money for 2024. That's what it's saying to me.
1: Yeah. That's interesting too. Cause the yeah, 2024, 2024 are you know, taking a little bit of medicine now uh, to make it the path easier in 2024. So that's a good point. Kayleon green says, yo, yo back to you, Kayleon. Hope you're doing well. Ernie may is in the house saying hello, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Hope you're doing well. Donald with an interesting point here says, could you package uh, Sutton and a third and move up into the second? I think so. I don't think he'd move up very far in the second with uh Sutton and let's say pick 60, 68, but you could probably get to, you know, pick 55, uh, out there with that. Is that worth it? I mean, if you absolutely adore John Michael Schmitz and you still keep that other third round pick there and all your other picks, maybe, um, it's something to consider, or if you love Steve Avila and you think he can play center or you adore Keanu Benton, uh, or one of these cornerbacks, I mean, that's, these names keep getting tossed out there, uh, and Judy. So until the draft comes and goes, and we're like two weeks out of that, then, I wouldn't be shocked by anything. Uh, And then Brad D says, uh, you'll be lucky to get a fourth or fifth for Sutton this year. That seems to be the case, Uh, but maybe Sutton is that fourth and you package an early third and a fourth. You can probably move up 10, 15 spots um, from 67 to, is that because of his contract? I mean, you get it, you get a second rounder for chase Claypool. Is it because he's cost controlled? I think part of it is the contract and cost control. The other part with uh, Sutton's value being lower is he did have that significant injury. And he has not been the same years
2: removed from and 1700 yards receiving away from.
1: Yes, but it still adds risk about the next one he has and the ability to come off of it. I mean, we're talking about it right now um, with uh, not, we've been talking about it, but like Tajay Spears is years removed from that uh, ACL injury. And from what I've heard, he's been flagged by a lot of teams and he might fall in the draft. And he's years removed from it, but the medicals Mm -hmm. have been like, wow, he is If he has another one, it's done, Um, that kind of thing. So, obviously, teams would have to get their medical team to look at these guys and whatnot before any trade could pass. Uh, Also, the other thing is, like, you have DeAndre Hopkins out there, and he's looking to get traded. And according to DeAndre Hopkins on Twitter, his own source, says he's not looking for a new contract or a pay raise. He just wants out of Arizona. Arizona's going to be so freaking bad next year. Um, But if Hopkins isn't finding value out there, I mean, I just – maybe Sutton isn't either. It's shocking considering that there are, like, no – good X receivers in the upcoming draft and like at all, especially in the top. And these guys aren't getting uh, at least value out there on the market, but uh, we'll see maybe when the draft starts to go and you see guys like Cedric Tillman and Mingo go in like the top 50 and teams are like, Oh my God, we thought we were going to be able to get them, you know, mid third, maybe the con- uh, conversation changes. Uh, but
2: I can't for the life of me. Remember who took the Cardinals job.
1: Um, It's uh, Gannon out there with uh, Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles former defensive coordinator. Defensive
2: coordinator, okay.
1: Yeah, that was, that's going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough for one year, and then you're going to have Caleb Williams, probably. Uh, But uh, although we said that about Houston a year ago too, and now they're picking number two. But uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May are pretty damn impressive. Uh, So let's get into this uh, conversation a little bit more because I don't want to put words in Greg Rosenthal's mouth. Um, He does rank um, George Payton 25th overall, and what does he have to say? A year ago at this time, I wrote, it's easy to imagine Peyton debuting on the rankings portion of this piece fairly high up a year from now, because Peyton wouldn't have qualified yet. Uh, Then he says, then we watched Russell Wilson play in a Denver Broncos under Peyton's hand-picked coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and suddenly that draft haul the Broncos gave up for Wilson looks like an absolute killer. Peyton's second draft also got off to a slow start after a great 2021 haul, but this ranking is about the Wilson trade and the Hackett hire. Sean Peyton is essentially in charge now, so...
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: The question, obviously, we talked about Sean Payton being in charge now. How much can George Payton even rectify this going forward? And how much credit can he even possibly get going forward? I mean, the Broncos spent a lot of money and really kind of changed the perspective and how they're attacking the offense going forward with a lot of these contract signings. George Payton's not getting hardly any credit for that. It's all Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton
2: unless it goes unless it goes bad, then you'll you'll put it on the guy that's on the way out, yeah, and you'll get credit and that's that's part of the job and you are well compensated for that being a possibility you know okay. he's he's making a ton of money <laughs> and he'll have a be and he'll be able to get a job behind the scenes um sorry, I'm getting text messages about the draft coming in uh he'll he'll be he's well compensated in order to have to put up with that but no his it'd be kind of be up to it would kind of be up to Sean Payton to deflect credit. Now, George Payton's done a great job on this, and, and I think I think he would. He would share the wealth, so to speak,
1: if things get turned around. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. I am curious, though. A.K. Dragon has a good point here, and that's something I was kind of hinting at in some of the comments as well uh, for the Broncos, saying I wouldn't be surprised if Payton is let go after the draft. I mean, we talked about this before and everything has seemed, you know, yeah, kind of let's roll it back to January. You asked me, yeah. is Peyton here next year? And you said, no. Yeah. I said, no.
2: Um, I said that, that George Payton would not be a member of the Denver Broncos come August 1st. Um, Right now. I think, yes. I think that they seem to be getting along well enough and they're, you're just reading some body language and stuff. But, you know, they're professionals and they're being professional, Sean Payton and George Payton. But there's going to be some hurt feelings behind the scenes. There's going to be a little professional, again, talking about the, you know, I made these moves and or I don't get the chance to make these moves and the credit and the blame where you don't feel appreciated. And we, we talk about this with players all the time. It's not about the money. These guys, some of these guys make more money than we'll ever think about seeing over the course of our lifetime. Like, look at Lamar Jackson's, like he's turning down $35 million, really? You know, I'm gonna work my whole life. I won't scratch the surface of that much money. Yeah, but that's a different world that they live in. And they live in a world where they're judged by how much they're making. And I'm, I'm looking amongst my peers and my social group and he got this contract and they want to give me half of what he got? That's disrespectful. So yeah. the the working dynamic of having to take a step back It's tough. It's tough. And he's under contract. And we'll see how it works out. But my initial reaction was no. If someone like George Payton, or if Sean Payton comes in, if Jim Harbaugh comes in, then we will not see George Payton as the general manager for this team come after the draft, come August 1st, going into the next season. I like what I've seen from the two of them so far in order for for me to be wrong on that. So right now I would say yes, I think he still will be at least for one more
1: year at least through this year. Yeah, I agree with you. You have the Jeff Ireland kind of hanging out in the background there. There's been some linkage between Sean Payton and Ireland, who was the director of college personnel, I believe, for the Saints. He might be pro personnel, but uh, he's one to keep an eye on, uh, keep your ear out for uh, if the Broncos might make a move there. I think for now, I I agree with you, though, Scott Payton will be back after this season, but if things go off the rail this, this upcoming year, Peyton and Russell Wilson might be gone and it might be a quick, uh, massive turnaround or overturn, uh, here in Denver. But right now, I would be surprised if Peyton is let go after the draft, just given the language and everything there. Uh, but who knows? Keith Brugman coming in, always appreciate Keith coming in. Man, he's got the wicked beard game going there. Looks a little bit, uh, you know, Gandalf, uh, coming in there. Says, uh, Peyton taking the blame for making formidable moves that didn't work out in year one. If Russ turns around, we're take we're talking. Slowly about Hackett. I think Hackett gets a lot of the blame uh, if that happens, but also some of the personnel and still uh, a little bit of Peyton as well. I mean, uh, George Payton. You don't think so? It'll be purely Hackett.
2: If Russ turns around, we're talking solely about Hackett and Sean Payton. Yeah. Okay. I guess. And who's going to get the credit for hiring Sean Payton? The Walton Penner Group. Yeah. Not George Payton. So. George Payton is in a tough spot when it comes to the intangible benefits of your job, credit, blame, ego, all that
1: type of stuff. He's in a tough spot right now. I guess for me, I, it's impossible. And I hate to say this, but it's impossible for me to see Russ turn it around to the extent that he is the, you know, all pro conversation, hall of fame path guy, based on what we saw last year and his trends of play and where he's at. But but if he I, does,
2: we know does, who's going to get credit. It's going to be Sean. Payton. It's going to be the other Payton. It's going to be Sean Payton. It's not going to be George for bringing in Sean and making these moves. It will be Sean Payton.
1: Yeah. And Sean probably right. Payton. Probably rightfully so <laughs> uh, in that one too. But uh, yeah, we'll be talking a lot about blaming Hackett. Payton's Payton. Payton will probably be pretty safe then. And the contract will be interesting to follow. I mean, it'd be really curious also to see if Sean Payton's language and the way he talks about Russell Wilson changes as well. Uh, but, uh, cause right now he seems like he wants to keep as separated as possible, you know, arm length away from being a tied, uh, attached to Russell Wilson. But if things turn around, then for sure, we're going to be talking about Hackett getting most of the blame. And it was, I mean, it was an incompetent clown show out there last year. There's no doubt about that. And, uh, but... and when I see Keith, it's Jim, the anvil night by the way. So, okay. if you
2: know, he was, he was part of the heart foundation with Brett Hart, old WWF stuff so he's oh, got uh, picture that big laugh from Keith with, with Jim the Anvil do a google search on him if you don't know who that is
1: <laughs> i never got that much into wrestling i'll be honest other than like actual like olympic style wrestling because if you're not at least paying attention to that from iowa then you are uh, kicked out I, I believe at least uh bryce parison uh, coming in saying good morning gentlemen good morning to you bryce hope you're doing well sunny days coming in saying appreciate you guys and all the work you put in God, we have so many hours of just bad takes on here in hot air. So uh, I appreciate that you guys tune in. Uh, we appreciate uh, you guys appreciate us. And we also really appreciate Divine Breaks coming. in. I don't recognize this name, but I see the 999 and that is fantastic. Um, he comes in and says, why would you get fired after the draft? That's an actual thing. Why don't they just get rid of him now? Uh, you see it happen in the NFL from time to time. And a lot of reasons that this happens is that you don't want to have to completely replace your scouting personnel and your front office staff after 90% of the draft work has already been done. You don't want to start from square one when a lot of the, you know, groundwork, the player meetings, the connections are already there in place. But you I think I can't think of the last example this has happened, but it happens fairly often in the NFL where you bring in a new head coach and they keep the general manager until and the front office staff until after the draft. And then they, you know, actually, we're going to part ways. It's mutual. Thank you for everything you've done. God bless. We're going to go a different direction.
2: Yeah. After the draft, 99% of your team is complete. You'll have 90, you know, 90 guys close to them under contracts. You'll have your 90 ready to go. So you're done. You you finished that cycle. That's when you might make a move. Um, and it would be And divine breaks. Appreciate you coming in with the super chat. I think it would be mutual, honestly. I don't think it would just be a fire. I think it would be mutual. George Payton professionally doesn't want to sit there. What, what were we just talking about as far as who would get the credit and the blame? If, if this team turns around, nobody's saying George Payton, except maybe Sean Payton, if he's magnanimous enough to do that. Everybody's talking Sean Payton. And who hired Sean Payton? It wasn't George Payton. George Payton hired that other guy. This was the Walton Penner group. That hired Sean Payton. This was Condoleezza Rice that hired Sean Payton. This wasn't George Payton. George Payton's just somebody we enjoy working with. And and that's that's going to be that can be tough, uh, a tough environment to go to work in every day where you don't feel appreciated. So I I think it would be mutual, DB, and not just not just a firing. He'd walk into another job as soon as he would want. He'd get a nice payout
1: on his contract, and then he would walk into another job as soon as he was ready. Yeah, I mean he he be okay. He my hit on his feet. He has a lot of connections. To the league He's really th- highly thought of in terms of the scouting and the draft side of things. Maybe the pro personnel and some of the coaching hire stuff, obviously has some question marks ha- after uh, the Nathaniel Hackett cycle, small sample size, but man, it went as much of a wet fart as you could possibly go. Um, Unfortunately, you got to check your pants after that one, but, uh, but at least you feel better. It wasn't even that good. Yeah. God, it was, yeah. It felt good for a second. Uh, and then, you know, not, not so much after that, but the break. Sorry, we're getting right into the toilet humor here. Uh, so Scott, your final thoughts here before we, uh, kick it on over to a, a mock draft Monday, George Payton being ranked dead last 25 overall. Uh, it's not great, obviously, without a doubt, though those moves were all fireable offenses and the Broncos, if they'd have fired him, we would totally would have understood why. Uh, but they did keep him around, but, you know, behind Nick Cacera of Houston, who's, I mean, been pretty poor there, although they did get out of the Deshaun Watson stuff, Scott Fitterer, Carolina Panthers, Ron Rivera, a Mart- Martin Mayhew. Uh, I mean, the- Trent Balky for Jags, Andrew Berry for Cleveland trade that huge contract, guaranteed contract for uh, Deshaun Watson. And he played well. bumbling Weston. around with Baker Mayfield and how that was handled. Yeah, yeah this is a uh, 25 out of 25 is unbelievable. Um, honestly. And looking at the names, I, I get it, I can't put him dead last year. I think he'd probably be somewhere middle of the pack, but those moves last season we talked about, those were job killers, franchise killers kind of moves. Yeah.
2: And, and there were, th- and there were three of them. So yeah. I, I get it. It's, it's hard for me. And the point you made exact right after I said that was, you know, he's one year removed away from being named the best draft class in NFL football. That's a roller coaster ride, y'all. That's not slow and steady. You know, it gets the job wins the race. Mm-hmm. That's a roller coaster. And, and unfortunately, you haven't had the roller coaster wind cycle to go with it. Um, I think, I think, and I, when I first started doing this, I came into this, to this organization, kind of with George Payton. And one of my first initial surprises was that Vic Fangio was still employed. When George Payton came in and you had this coach who's coming off two years and you're bringing a new general manager and you've got a two year losing coach, general managers want to bring in their own guys. Mm -hmm. So if there was any inexperience that has really come back to bit is what you had just said, Nick, which was on the hiring firing process, which comes with experience and what you learn. I think if he had to do it over again, he would have been a hell of a lot more ruthless in his first year. And he would have said, listen, thanks, Vic. Appreciate what you did, but we're going to start from scratch. Um, Cause you set your team back a year and then you set it back a couple more
1: years by not making a move earlier. I agree with you. I do want to say also though, that I know when George Payton was hired that he hung out a lot with Vic Fangio and Vic Fangio had his fingerprints all over uh, that 2021 draft class as well from the scouting perspective. So do you have that good draft class? If it's, you know, somebody else in there instead of Vic Fangio. I mean, the only draft class that was good with him was the Vic Fangio. Granted, sample size, one of two, um, but uh, it's just interesting. I mean, it's it's hard to, you can't you can't remove all those variables. Everything is so interconnected here that we wouldn't know what it would look like. If you maybe had Vic, and also if you had kept Vic another year, maybe he looks at Russell Wilson and he's like, that guy can't play in a match quarters NFL. His skills are diminishing, and without the elite run game, it's not going to work other than Nathaniel Hackett's It's like, oh my God, Sierra's coming to Denver? Two thumbs up. Um, so, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, it's, uh, we'll never know.
2: Um, yeah, but-, but last, there again, there's been a lot of good things that have been done from, from the, 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 the draft and the salary cap management alone keeps yeah. him away from, again, except for that big one that I've just talked about, except for the Russell Wilson one, you know, yeah. oh yeah, you could draft a running back top five. If you ignore positional value, you, you can't, you can't ignore positional value, but talking about you know the, the the extensions for Sutton and and Tim Patrick were getting out ahead of the market because the the, the wide receiver market went berserk right after they had those extensions in midseason. You know that's when when uh, Christian Kirk gets twenty million a year to go to Jacksonville, and then it started going you know bonkers. Um, you bring in you know your your free agent signings of for the most part were f- I don't I don't know if I even want to say that. The more I talk about this, you know, I start thinking about is all you sign were offensive lineman that couldn't cut it. You know, the, the, the defensive guys, the, the, the uh, Kwan Williams and DJ Jones were great signings. Uh, Alex Singleton was a great signing, but then, you know, Randy Gregory, I get it. That was, that was okay. You know, let's see what he can do this year before we write that off as a complete failure. It was a, it was a fairly, low risk high reward type of contract for his position and his ability that you went in for two years and 32 33 million dollars I, I was okay with that one but then you look at the the addressing the offensive line has been has been poor you know mm-hmm. when you're going Billy Turner and Tom compton two guys who don't even see the field that's poor
1: you and then they got lucky with cam Fleming
2: You got, yeah, that's, but again, you take a bunch of shots. That's, you know, so you got one of those guys, but you still went to, went to battle with Lloyd Cushenberry as your center. Dalton Reisner as your guard who had been poor and you didn't have any answer to, to, you didn't have an answer for them. If they didn't play well, you didn't have anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's been rough. Um, Obviously you're not picking nine and five overall. If it hasn't been a rough two year stretch on the wins and loss perspective. Keith Brugman saying, Peter, mine would be running back. I'm, there must be a comment that we're missing here. I don't see a comment from Peter that would have to do with a... Oh, here we go. Um, which position do you guys think will be surprisingly not drafted for the Broncos? I have one that would be surprising here, Scott. And I will say, I don't think it'll happen. But what would be surprising? It's the center position. why your would, offensive line? I think they could end up taking a guard uh, still. Uh, but I think that this is a very thin and lacking in talent center class that with only five picks i know it's the position that we're all screaming about but i can see the broncos missing on every single center in this upcoming draft class and then going out and signing a Connor mcgovern who i believe is still out there or maybe trying somebody else that they already have on the roster at center or going one season uh with lloyd cushionberry out there but uh, i think center is one that just given the draft class could be one that you bypass give me emil ekior
2: yeah in the fourth or fifth and in- Call him what you want. He He's he's from Alabama. He played exclusively for the most part. So, not exclusively, mm-hmm. but it, I only remember him playing center at mm-hmm. the Senior Bowl and was very, very good. Um, combine, just a shade under 6'3, 315 pounds, 34 inch arms, and was really, really good at the NFL combine. Give me Emil Echior like in the fourth and call him guard, call him center, call him what you want but I'm just going to wrap those two together and say interior offensive line. I'll be really
1: surprised if you don't come out of this with an interior offensive lineman. Would be pretty shocking. Um, It would be nice that they could walk away with uh, somebody who has some positional versatility there, especially where they're going to be picking, but who knows? And uh, we're going to have to start to wrap it on up here, which means it's time for a mock draft Monday, Scott. Uh, Let's get into it here. Broncos only have five picks. Uh, no trades we'll just kind of run it here and talk a lot about the different options obviously given sean payton's history would not be surprising at all to see the broncos package player plus pick or picks together to move up into the second round somewhere to get a guy they're targeting i don't know if it's a uh if that's the best strategy long term but definitely would not be shocking if the broncos did that depending on how the board falls and we've talked about it on here a lot. You know, everybody has their pet positions. For me, mine would be interior defensive line. I absolutely adore. It's probably my favorite position uh, on the team or in, in football in general, followed by edge Rusher. But some people love linebackers. Some people love safety. Some people love interior offensive line, running back. Everything is on the table for the Broncos, considering where they pick, what they did in the draft, uh, what they've done in free agency. So uh, big holes in the roster right now, from a starting perspective, are center and running back. Big holes in the roster right now from a depth perspective, our offensive tackle and boundary cornerback, but 67, 68, only five picks, just draft talent.
2: Yeah, again, best best prospect available. Just get good players and you'll be all right. Um, I've got this queued up. You're ready to go. Oh, let's do it. All right, let's hit it. Enter draft. Goes real
1: fast to get to uh, pick 67. Yeah, this is... Uh... Oh, man, this is an interesting board here for the Broncos. I'm not in, in love uh, with the talent. There's your Jonathan Mingo at, right look there. Look at Mingo going in a second now. The public board, he
2: is flying up the boards, which doesn't completely surprise me. Luke Musgrave at 62, really good player. Uh, where are your centers? Steve Avila goes at 49. on Michael Schwartz at 48. There we go. Uh, Ade, Ade, Darnell Washington at 44 to the Falcons becomes real interesting. Um, be so monster fun. tight end. Osiris Torrance, Dewan Jones falls to 35. Will McDonald. So
1: it seems like there should be a center in here. There's Luke Wepler. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Wepler. I think he's fine, but I am not a uh, big time uh, proponent of him. Honestly, if the board fell like this, I might be on the, the, the phone trying to get up to get Luke Musgrave, who fell to what was it? 65? There or something like that. Um, he's just it yeah, I think really sixty-one. 62. Uh, 60, 62, Also Julius Brent's sixty-four, two guys that I'd be maybe interested in. It wouldn't take that much to move up those picks, but I think there's a drop off after that, unfortunately. And I am really not a fan of the top four listed here for where the Broncos are picking. Uh nope, nope, nope. It's just all nope so far. This is uh this is unfortunate um where we're at right now. Uh probably have to lean into something here where to pick two. I know we have to take two. I really am not a fan of almost any of these guys here. Um, I know we took him last time, but uh, I think that somebody who from a value perspective should not be here. um, And I think would be lower. Or I think is going to go higher is Cedric Tillman. Um, I know we took him in our last mock draft, but I got to lean into the the value of the board here. Uh, I think that Cedric Tillman is one of the best X receivers in this class. Um, he is one of the few true X receivers in this class. He, he actually is surprisingly good at, uh, creating space off of his route stems. Um, let's see. So draft, uh, PFF has him ranked 89th overall. Dane Brugler though, I think has him like 52nd overall. So it's a, a solid value there for the Broncos. Uh, Yeah. 57th overall. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all with him. Actually, I'm having a hard time here, Scott. I'll, I'll ping it to you. So, Cedric Tillman sticks out for me here. It's again, it's a uh, and I think Tillman is better, a better prospect than uh, Mims. So I see there's some Mims talk as well. I like Tillman a little bit more. Highest rated guy on the board might end up being um, Tucker Craft, uh, the tight end. Um, who I think there are six tight ends in this class, and then there is a drop off uh, at the position. You got Darius Rush there as well. I also really like Jartavius Martin. Uh, we have not talked about him very much at all, but he played safety, he's played nickel, he's played boundary cornerback. He is, he tested extremely well for Illinois as well. Um, I don't think he's gotten enough credit, um, but uh, Tucker Craft really stands out for me here as a uh, potential option for the Broncos. There's your Emil Ekior. We can kind of play the value game on that one. Wait, wait until uh, round four, round five. Uh, so according to Dane Brugler's board, the highest player that's left that I can see um, on this uh, class, you have... Uh, Tucker craft is ranked 51st overall on his board and we're going to get him at, we get him at 67, 68. You have Cedric Tillman at 57 overall. He would be in a really interesting one. And then I think he has Darius rush ranked uh, pretty high as well. I like rush Um, a lot, but we can go with rush with one of these guys. Uh, the other one I'm going to give it, I'm going to leave it up to you. Would you rather have Tucker craft a, one of the top six tight ends in this class, a really good inline player as well, or would you rather have, uh, Tillman, uh probably one of the few true X receivers in this class. A really interesting prospect, especially the Broncos are looking up to move on from a big wide receiver. Broncos looking to get bigger and tougher uh on the offensive side of the ball. Tillman is a Michael. How big Pittman. an
2: upgrade is Tucker Kraft over Manhurts? He's a combination of Dulcich and Manhurts, where he's yeah, actually I'd, he I'd probably go that way. I don't want to have to go I don't want to have to go manhertz if I can help it. Yeah, craft is him as reserve. Um, if, if Tucker Kraft can come in and be a starter and Dulcich can be my big receiver, okay. Yeah. Um, but I, again if I'm taking Tillman, I'm getting rid of Sutton. <laughs> you
1: know, so it's it's kind of a wash. I don't know how much better I get that way. Um and I think you can find a wide we might have some wide receiver options in the fourth and fifth that we're pretty interested in as well. So yeah, I think craft there are six tight ends in this class that I think are awesome. Um and craft is one of the last ones. So I would I'd
2: probably go Darius Rush here. Or yeah, I mean, Rush. I, I'd still probably go Wiper if I if I like him at all. I'd probably take him. I need a center. I'm not a huge wiper fan, okay. especially for the scheme. He or I'd is wait like, until I get Echior and go with Darius Rush. That's I also probably really what like, I
1: would do. I would gamble that I could get Echior later. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this one. Um I think we go with uh I think we go with Darius Rush here. Uh, I love Darius Darius Rush. Rush. Love him. And I mentioned it on the show before. His uh, top two um, comparisons in mock draftables database for his athletic profile in terms of the height, the length, and the movement skills. are number one is Sauce Gardner. And number two is Darius Slay. Darius Slay is the other one, too. I mean, that is interesting.
2: I think I can gamble on Ekior and try and get him in the next round.
1: Yeah. I agree so I'm looking, you know, I, I do this really might like be a place Ch- where I can get a running back. It could be. I do really want to give a shout out here to Chandler Zavala. Uh, Zavala. Um, the guard from uh, North Carolina state has some great tape uh, from there playing next to um, gosh, who went number four overall last year. Uh, Icky Aquanu. Um, you saw Zavlava next to him last season. Zavala also might have some uh, ability to play the, uh, center position at the next level. So he really doesn't intrigue me. I really like Zablaba, uh, Zablava and the Broncos also brought him in for a, uh, I didn't see Jalen Duncan there. I, I glanced right over him. Yeah, he's, he might be an option as well uh, for the Broncos here. Um, no, let's he go back to got, the... I think he was there when I, when I picked. He I'm not used to, I,
2: I'm not used to looking for him as a problem. Offensive tackle. Yeah, he's, he's gone.
1: Okay, we're on the board now. I really love the top two offensive tackles there uh, on that board. Um, Saldaveri is one of my favorite. I've recently watched Nick Saldaveri of Old Dominion, and he really intrigues me. Um, I think he's got five-position ability out there, and I think he could be a guard, a center, or a a back reserve tackle for you year one. So if you're looking for a – we've gone uh, skill position, we've gone defensive backs – um, I think that getting uh, Sal Devere here might be a great pick. Um, if you're looking for explosive wide receiver, Tyler Scott's probably my option here. Trey Palmer's
2: um, still there too.
1: Trey, I like Tyler Scott a little bit more than Trey Palmer, um, but uh, this is one where we haven't talked about him very much. I think he was down at the senior bowl, Scott. I mean, well, I've got some video on him, I think. And if not, I'll have some by the end of the day. Well, he's somebody that... Um, I've uh, listened to Brandon Thorne talk about him, said that he's like one of his favorite uh, late day two, early day three prospects. And he reminded me
2: a little of um, Avila where he was just steady. You know, he wasn't burying guys. He wasn't doing anything. He was just doing his
1: job. He was steady out there. Yeah, he is. All right. You got to pick. Let's do Nick Saldovary. We haven't done one yet. Like uh, him yet. I want to, we haven't talked about him at all. Um, He's actually got some mass to him. 320 pounds as well. Uh, I think All right, he's I waited. A really good I can player. now take him at 139. Going back to back trenches. I like it. Um, let's we uh, get
2: we. Uh, is a good player from Alabama. He's uh, he's
1: ridiculously overrated here, underrated here for me. Let's do it. I think the we went two guys here. We really the Broncos have almost completely redefined their. Uh, their offensive line, uh, in one off season, if you were walking away with those guys, I can would use be... my cheat of Yaya Diaby is probably still available. <laughs> I think he's been climbing a lot.
2: He should be. He's gone. Yeah, because he's rated he ahead of uh... Mingo. Him and
1: Mingo have been climbing. Duncan hopefully moves up some too. Yeah, and Brad D says Snornick. I don't know because we redid the offensive line. Um, I don't know what he's talking about there. Don't give me a hard time, Brad. I'm going to cry. Um, So the guy that I'm going to pound the table for here uh, for the Broncos, and it's somebody that we just did, we took for the uh, the Falcons here, I think Bryce Ford Wheaton. Uh, the Broncos brought him in for a visit, I believe. Uh, he's, I think, the top-rated RAS athlete um, at wide receiver in this entire mock draft, uh, or in the entire draft class this year. Uh, he has a lot of drop issues, but he is massive. He has circus catches on tape. And he's somebody that you really uh, lean into um, and uh, like some value. So we we went against the grain here. This is, We've gotten to the point, Scott, where we know how this draft board is set up for uh, PFF. And we're like, okay, we're going to be the discrepancies in how they view guys right. and how we view guys.
2: Yeah, so they don't like Darius Rush. We do. They don't like Tucker Craft. We do. Saldaveri is solid. Um, big board rank 128 and 108. If I can get a tackle in that neighborhood, that's pretty good. They think this is really bad value. I disagree considering what you've got. You can he can play guard, he can play center. Um Austin says no running back. Uh didn't quite get the running back we wanted to. We went uh we went trenches instead. So I could have maybe gone Kenny McIntosh or somebody like that. Uh 139. We're at 50 minutes. Jeremy wants us to go through another one. Let's let's do it <laughs> and follow the board and see what it would like. Let's see if we can we can max we can max the SAT scores here.
1: Okay, let's just trust. We're gonna trust this over the. Uh, we'll just
2: we'll just go by what the what PFF would think would be an ideal draft for us.
1: All right, let's do it. Let's do another. Jeremy, twist our arm, why don't you? It is mock draft Monday after all. So they think we need DL and corner. So looking at
2: the board, oh Musgrave, I'm sorry, God, this <laughs> <is> stupid. <laughs> and we can't do it. We can't do it. I agree. Luke Musgrave's a beast. So now DL and corner Garrett Williams would be their number one. So we'll go Garrett Williams.
1: Yeah. We're doing what we're going to try and do what they think we should do there. I think they care more about the value than the needs. They just use that to uh, influence what those teams pick in the generator. Well, then I would just pick Tanner McKee. I think let's go Tule. I think he's, I am not a, I like Tule, but I think he's more of a late round three kind of player. Personally, I think he's very stiff. He doesn't have good get off. I think he has a 10 yard split was not very good. Um, well, but he, Tredavis, uh, Tra- Hodges again, tiny, um, we're on the board again. What about, uh, we didn't go running back last time. What about tank Bigsby runs extremely hard, ranked pretty highly here, um, was on a terrible Auburn offense infrastructure. I think he's going to be an interesting one. Let's go Chandler's up, uh, Zavala. Uh, he didn't get invited to the Combine for some reason, but he tested really well. Uh, excuse me. Had good uh, pro day testing numbers. Interesting player. Did we pass
2: uh, on John Michael Schmitz?
1: I didn't no see him. No way he was there. If he was, then I apologize. We're trying to go quick. Okay, uh, Scott's now. Scott's got to check. <laughs> he was. He was. He was there. Okay. Yeah,
2: we picked. would have gone John Michael Schmitz well, if we weren't uh, trying to speed. If we weren't trying to,
1: trying to speed rush this thing, we would have gone John Michael Schmitz. Well, I apologize um, for that, Jeremy. The so Broncos country would be rightfully upset about that. You could big, get big Jared Clark here. Sure. Uh, Jordan mcfannon's a really interesting uh, tackle here. We Have we gone offensive line yet? Have we gone DL? That's what they think we need. And we haven't gone cornerback either.
2: I thought we went corner.
1: It's, it's two, bo- two mock drafts back-to-back too makes fast, it pretty hard. Too fast. Uh, I'll, I'm going to try and peg the
2: board like I said we were going to do, and we're going to go with the defensive lineman
1: they're going to give us a's across the board look at that <laughs> i'd rather have our other draft yep that <laughs> although luke musgrave at 67 is amazing i would be you know doing jumping jacks uh, if yeah you're no that's do. that's a that's a solid draft
2: uh tuli's a, a good edge player tanks a good ha- uh running back I would have gone probably different directions in round five and six, but that's, that's not a bad draft class by any stretch.
1: Yeah. Nick, the new worst GM. Cause we skipped past on John Michael Schmitz. Well, uh, that one, I probably would take that back. I'm not a huge two guy. I think he's fine, but I don't think he's great. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. getting him in the third, I was getting stick for not taking him in a second on earlier. So. Yeah. I, uh, would be interesting. And I, now Austin gave me a hard time. Austin, did you know I had a 2016 mock draft where the Broncos would have taken Chris Jones, Dak Prescott, and Justin Simmons? How great would have that? That was my final mock that year. God. Instead, we ended up with Paxton Lynch. God bless. Uh, but yeah, in hindsight, it would have been Musgrave and John Michael Schmitz, and that would have been talk about... I mean, God, the offense would have been so freaking fun uh, if that was the the final one there. For That's the what we, we pulled off this morning. This is what it's when it's more fun to have a Uh-oh. higher pick. You just got a little bit staticky on me, Scott. I don't know what's going on there when you pulled that up, but... Um, oh, yeah, uh, they have hit the, uh, hit the graphics
2: card or something. Yeah, I think but so. That's what but, we did uh, earlier it, today. It's more fun when you have
1: higher picks. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> Austin H. Paxton is the best quarterback of all time. XFL legend, Paxton Lynch. But uh, guys, that's going yeah, to forever. it up, and Schmitz would would Mushgrave and would have been the way to go there for sure god yeah that would have been we panicked
2: we we're out of time yeah. you see when that clock starts running what do we do uh, it also it we've said got we- our board <laughs> and it said and we, we needed our big board line. on a whiteboard, and we'd be rub- scratching
1: out names and we'd know yeah who's available as as the board trickles down yeah without a doubt so guys that's gonna kind of do it for us today yep. we did two mock drafts god bless you jeremy um that's for you uh hope you guys had a great one make sure you're following scott on twitter scott is at scout kennedy i'm at nick Kendall mhh Also, make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod and subscribe, like and share over on YouTube. Uh, The draft is God two weeks away. Uh, We're almost there. This is the second to last mock draft Monday. We'll have less than. It's it's coming, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be here. Uh, you guys don't go anywhere else. Uh, we'll be can continue to bring you our coverage here. Michael Ronquillo coming in with the stars to close us out. It's a great show today. Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast and Buckham. Also appreciate Michael coming in on Twitter, showing all of his uh, mile high huddle merch, all the swag that he's wearing. He's been rocking the gear there. So uh, been awesome. Appreciate you, Michael. Appreciate everyone coming in today. Click a thumbs up on the way out. If you're joining us on Facebook, we would really appreciate that. And yeah, uh, I got nothing else, Scott. Should we get on out of here? Should we wrap it on up? Yeah, c- close us down here. All right. Well, you guys continue to choose kindness and compassion. We will see you all again tomorrow morning. Uh but until then, of course, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos Country.
3: MyPatriotSupply.com